Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. I'm Phil Kittramalides, joined as ever by Sid Lowe. Hello Sydney. Hello Philip, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm not too bad, yeah. It's been an early start, but we're, we're, we're up and running. You've been very busy. You've been getting lots of trains all around the country, haven't you? Mostly to the same place. <laughs> but, 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 yeah. Madrid, Barcelona, Barcelona to Madrid and back several times, sometimes in the same day. Anyway, uh, you're here with us, which is the important thing, to talk about everything that happened on match day 22. Uh, before we get to the football, we've got some big news to start today's podcast. Drum roll, please, Sydney. <laughs> we are very excited. That was awful. I mean, that was really, really... <laughs> We should have got a better drum roll because this is big news. We're very excited to announce that TSFP is teaming up with Goal Hanger Podcasts. You might have heard uh, of some of their other podcasts, especially if in the UK, like The Rest is Politics and The Rest is History, two of the biggest pods in the country right now. And you might have heard of their founder, a certain Gary Lineker. Don't worry, as a TSFP listener, not much is going to change. The Monday pod will still be available as ever in the usual places. If you're already a subscriber, it should arrive in your favourite podcast app. As always, you don't have to do anything and nothing is changing over on Patreon either. Depending on where you are in the world, you might hear an advert or two on the Monday podcast and the Monday pod will also no longer be available on SoundCloud. But that's about it. Feel free to get in touch if you have any questions. We're really excited about this and we think it'll help us to take TSFP to the next level. So that's our big news on a Monday. Uh, Sydney, we've got lots to talk about. Let's tell everybody what happened on match day 22. It kicked off on Friday night with an unbelievable scoreline. Girona beating Almeria by six goals to two at the Estadio Montilivi. Girona continuing their free-scoring run. Real Sociedad conceded in injury time to draw 1-1 at home to Celta Vigo on Saturday. Real Betis beat Valladolid by two goals to one, all three goals coming in the first half. Mallorca continued their really impressive home form. Five consecutive home wins for them on the island. They beat Villarreal by four goals to two. They're up to eighth. In the table, it's four consecutive defeats for Villarreal uh, for the first time since 1999. Uh, Then on Saturday evening, Real Madrid went to El Sadar to take on Osasuna. It was always going to be tough, and it was, but they managed to beat them by two goals to nil. Uh, Sunday saw Espanyol score in injury time to be Elche 1-0. Raya Vallecano and Sevilla played out an entertaining 1-1 draw at the Estadio de Vallecas. Atletico Madrid beat Athletic Club 1-0 thanks to a marvellous goal from Antoine Griezmann, who was really quite impressive in this game and Barcelona beat Cadiz by two goals to nil at the camp now to re-establish their eight-point lead at the top of the table. 
Sydney, let's uh, start with the game that uh, took place on uh, Sunday evening, then that 2-0 victory for Barcelona against Cardiff. It feels like we've seen this game quite a few times before this season. Barcelona not necessarily at their best. On this occasion, they rested quite a few players, but they still managed to get the victory and get another clean sheet, a 17th clean sheet of the season. Nobody's ever kept 17 clean sheets in the first 22 match days of a La Liga season. It's really quite extraordinary. Although again, and I feel like we said this before, not sure how they did it because Cardiff had chances. Well, Cardiff hit the post twice. They had two goals disallowed. They had that extraordinary save from Ter Stegen down to his, his right-hand side. I, I wonder if this game was a slightly exaggerated version of what we've seen in some of the others in the sense that I think the fact that Barca were 2-0 up by half-time and the game seemed over is part of the reason why the game wasn't over if you see what I mean so some of the tension I think had gone out of it in the second half um, and, and Cardiff who, who you know they really have been quite good in the last couple of months they've really improved it, it seems like their winter signings have made a real impact and, and actually as, as their manager put it after the game he said we I love this Spanish phrase. He said, we put the fear back in Barcelona's body, which I really quite like that one. And, and, and he's right, they did. They did. Uh, they were, seems strange to say, they were almost sort of hanging on uh, at the end, but they, but they managed yeah. to, uh, to keep a, a clean sheet. They did rest uh, a number of players and they did uh, try and uh, keep one eye on Thursday's clash with Manchester United at Old Trafford. Ronald Araujo yeah. had the... Had the night off, uh, as did uh, as did Rafinha. Robert Lewandowski didn't. I was I was a bit surprised. I, I mean, I wasn't surprised because actually I knew this was going to happen. But if I was Chaffee, I might have given Robert Lewandowski uh, the night off. Um, maybe a, a, a bit more of a break because he hasn't been at his best. But what do I know? Because he scored and maybe that'll help him. Mm. You know, he went off after 75 minutes. But yeah, he hadn't been at his best. Three matches without scoring. But he did manage to finally score. Yeah, I wonder if that was actually part of the thinking. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, you know, as you say, a guy that comes off the back of three games who, who actually hasn't played particularly well since the World Cup, even when he has scored goals, he hasn't always looked particularly great. And, and I wonder if Xavi was thinking, well, look, at home against Cardiff. And I don't, I don't think anyone ever thinks, right, this team will be easy. But of course, managers are not stupid. They're aware that there are some, some teams that, in theory, you've got a better chance of scoring against than, the, than others. And, and I suppose you want to give yourself the opportunity to give him or to allow him to try and get the goal that I think emotionally would, would, was probably quite important for him. Um, I thought that the, the first half performance from, from Fran Torres in particular was brilliant and we mm. haven't actually seen a huge amount from, from Ferran and, and obviously Lewandowski scored the second which he took very well. He might have scored the first actually because it's his diving header that eventually leads to um, Sergio Roberto scoring and, and at that point I think the game is, is kind of done and I think it feels like a really good night from Barcelona's point of view because of the fact that you probably feel like you've recovered Ferran Torres. You feel like you might have helped Robert Lewandowski find a way through. You've been able to take the opportunity to, to rest some players and, and I think as well there's, there's a slight, well, let's go back to that phrase about putting the fear in the Body. I think there's there's a fear at Barcelona. I think at the moment because of the fact that Pedri pulled up recently, and that just is a little reminder, you know, of, of kind of how quickly things can unravel and, and, and that, you know how things can go wrong for you. And so I think it was important for for Xavi, who really hadn't actually rotated much in the last couple of months, to uh, to, to I think just kind of take the opportunity to say, okay, let's you know let's kind of work through this. Let's give some players rest where they're needed, and those who don't play. And, and I think his phrase was. Um, was the phrase was something along the lines of I was glad to give minutes to those who don't have them. And he did, and it did, and it worked ultimately it because yeah. they got the victory. Yes, and they are eight points clear of Real Madrid at the top of the table. Real Madrid, who who went to Osasuna and beat them two nil. At El Sadar, the goal's coming very late on. Uh, Fede Valverde in the 78th minute and Marco Asensio in injury time, uh, with basically the the last kick of the game. 
Headlines made by Vinicius again. Um, but really, this was for footballing reasons, I thought, because he was, he was really quite good in this game. So did I. Um, I, I, thought, I thought that it was a game where there was no issues. Yes, there was a team, Osasuna, who were obviously were aggressive, who were tough, who, who, who defend very well, but they're also a team that take the game to you. I thought they, they changed, by the way, for, for, for those who didn't see the game, they changed their structure. They played with John Moncayola at right back. He's a midfielder essentially to try and deal with Vinicius there was a recognition that Vinicius was was a problem I thought that in the first half at least they were the better side I also felt like Madrid demonstrated their dependence on Vinicius everything went to the left everything and it didn't always come off there was a couple of really but nice but wasn't that a, don't, don't you think that was a targeted uh, idea because they had a midfielder playing at right back because their two first choice right backs were out so they said right let's target this guy because he isn't a midfielder if he isn't a, a, a right back let Vinny run at him I think there's a degree of that, but I actually think it's a more simple thing than that. I think it's the, the, the paucity of the other options up front. Mm. I, I actually thought it was exaggerated, the extent to which everything went to Vinicius, and I think that was in part because we basically didn't see Rodrigo uh, mm. until, until early in the second half and did one nice run and bent the ball just past the far post. We really didn't see him at all. Uh, Fede Valverde, in that, nominally in that right attacking position, wasn't really in the attacking part of the pitch very often, and so it felt like it kept going to Vinicius. I think you're right, there's a degree of choice, but I actually think it was more about not having a huge amount else. I thought Moncayola largely did a pretty good job, although Vinicius escaped him a couple of times. There's one brilliant little run uh, and he gets into the area on a narrow angle and then loses control of the ball. There's another way he gives himself a really good chance and again, slightly loses control and, and, and can't get the shot off, which really and truly he was pretty much clean through at, at that point. Um, and it was a, a tough game, but not a problematic one until right at the end of the first half when there's a brief confrontation between him and Moy Gomez. And allow me to say this in the context of everything we've been saying about Vinicius in recent weeks, that brief confrontation of Moy Gomez was entirely about Vinicius. He took Moy Gomez out and then for reasons I don't fully understand, went and confronted him. Um, and the, the, the Moy actually, it seemed to me, hadn't done nothing wrong. By the way, Moy played really, really well. And then what really impressed me... By the way, sorry, you Vinicius, were there as well, just to let the yes. listeners know yeah. that you were there pitch side watching it all unfold in front of you. So. Yeah, and in terms of the atmosphere, you know, there was whistles when he got the ball, but it, but it, wasn't, it wasn't, from what I heard at least, wasn't particularly nasty, although there's been footage from the television, which I must admit at the time I didn't notice. As I've said to you this lots of times. I'm really bad at making out what's said by football fans. And during the minute silence, someone shouted, Benicius hijo de puta. Um, yeah. Vinicius, you, I suppose, son of a bitch, bastard. I, I don't know how you best want to translate that. Um, and, and, but it, it was one voice. But the rest of it, it was tense and they were on top of him and stuff. But it, it wasn't nasty and the game wasn't nasty, although it was tough. What I was really struck by in the second half mm. um, was not just that Vinicius played well, which he did, and he did two or three extraordinary things. One, one really brilliant cut away from the defender. He scored what I thought was a gorgeous goal that was disallowed. He just dinks it over the goalkeeper and nudges it in by the post. He kept on running at him, but that was the thing that really struck me. Partly, I, th- I suppose, because I was pitch side, but his athleticism. And I don't mean athleticism in the basic sense that we all know he's very quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in terms of what we were talking about the other day in relation to Yusuf and Nasiri, the repetition of runs. So Vinicius must have made seven or eight absolutely full pelt sprints in the game. And by those seventh or the eighth or the ninth or the tenth or whichever number it was, he was still quicker than anyone by a very long way. That, 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 that capacity for stamina, for repetition, for keeping on going. And I think that's a mental capacity as well as a physical one. In other words, you know, in a game like this, give it to me, I'll do this. And he was going all the way to the end. I, I thought he was absolutely brilliant on Saturday. Really brilliant. But as I say, what really struck me was, was the, 
the dependence upon him and the willingness to take the ball and go and go and go and just still be flying into the end. And funny enough, just as I was thinking that, he pulled up and was holding onto the back of his hamstring. I thought, well, that's really, you know, that's typical, isn't it? But then he got up and carried on again. So he's, he was ultimately fine. Uh, he's the second player in La Liga with the most number of metres covered at high intensity. Oh, OK, thank you. I didn't know that. Right, who's first? <sighs> Shall I let you have a guess? Have a guess. Is it, en- is it Endesio? No, he's nowhere near on the list. I'm thinking it's, I'm thinking it's one of the Rio ah. players. I'm thinking it's either Fran Garcia or Alvaro Garcia. You're good at this. It's Fran Garcia, my friend. Yeah, it's Fran Absolutely. Garcia. Yeah. Alvaro Garcia is the second fastest uh, player uh, in, uh, in La Liga. Right. He's clocked at a maximum speed of 35.6 kilometres per hour, only bettered by Anthony Lozano of Cadiz this season, who has 35.9. Oh, so, yeah. um, so there we go. Those are, the, uh, those are the quickest players. But yeah, Vinicius, if you look at these metrics, and I do have access to quite a lot of advanced, <laughs> advanced uh, statistics in terms of individual performances, Vinicius is right up there, right up there in, in loads of these different physical metrics because uh, he is quite extraordinary, as you say, the way he keeps going. Good news for Real Madrid that Fede Valverde scored, continuing his yep. improvement. He's coming back from a difficult time off the pitch, which seems to have been put behind him in, 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 in pleasing fashion for everybody. And you can see that on the pitch, scored at the Club World Cup. He scored here as well. And Real Madrid need a good version of Fede Valverde. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And, and as I say, I didn't think he was in the game at the top of the pitch very much in the second, in the first half. But I think in the second, not only did he score the goal, but the, the whole team, I think, functioned better in the second half. I think we sometimes overlook this, by the way. And, and funny enough, I asked one of the... I can't remember which of the two... I spoke to two Osasuna players post-game, and I can't remember which one of the two it was. I think it was Darko, but it might, it, it, it might not have been. And, and he was saying this thing... You know, we talk a lot about Madrid's quality. We talk a lot about the, 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 you know, the technical capacity they have. But they're, they're actually really great athletes as well, not just Vinicius, but the whole team. And, and sometimes we tend to look at physicality as something that other teams use to equalise, if you like, to even out the game against Real Madrid. But actually, Madrid are probably physically better than the immense majority of teams in the division as well. Just a word on the atmosphere there, because if you haven't been to this fixture or you weren't aware of of what this is like, for Osasuna, this is probably the biggest game of the season. They have a real healthy dislike of Real Madrid and when they come to El Sadar they want to make it as intimidating as possible they want them to know that they do not like them so it is one of the most hostile atmospheres you can encounter in Spain certainly not in a local derby because there's nothing local about this fixture but there is certainly a very heated atmosphere what's it like going there for these kind of nights well I was sitting sitting behind the goal in front of the the I suppose the, the, the noisiest bunch of fans the, the, that end of the stadium by the way um, has got um, rail, stand, rail standing so you, you know mm. the fans can stand during the game and really really noisy every now and again of course someone will, will fall over and they'll be shouting abuse at him at one point I think someone threw a, threw a sandwich at someone they threw it in the second half which disappoints me because it means they didn't manage to finish it all at half time um, yeah. but, but you know those kind of little things aside and there, there were a couple of times where, where, where you know someone would go down they'd be called Nico de Buda and stuff like that and, 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 and every now and again you think eh, maybe a step too far but actually fundamentally it's, it's, it's brilliant fundamentally it's really really enjoyable I think most players by the way accept that and, and embrace it as well even at those moments when they, when they, they maybe hear things that they shouldn't and, I, and obviously look Needs to be needs to, the point needs to be made that we're drawing a distinction here between the kind of standard sort of getting on people's backs and and the kind of racist abuse that, that Vinicius has been facing over the last few weeks, which, as far as I'm aware, did not happen at the weekend. Yes, um, La Liga have seemingly implemented a special. Uh, 
person to follow or people to follow, a team to uh, follow Vinicius around uh, different stadiums uh, this season to make sure that he is not abused racially. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's move on and talk about the game that you were at on uh, Sunday at the uh, Civitas Metropolitano Atletico Madrid 1, Athletic Club 0. Atletico won, but in the first half, Athletic Club, club were, were, were really quite good. Yeah, and Atletico won. Um, mm. I was struck by the, 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 the lack of atmosphere, the lack of pace about Atletico Madrid, which the two things probably go slightly hand in hand. Um, there was, there was silence mostly from the south stand, which of course is where most of the noise normally comes from. There's a sense, I think, now of a, of a kind of a division. Sorry, they're on strike, aren't they? They're, yes. They're, they're, yes, the, the ultras, the Frente Atletico, they're on strike because they're still upset about the, the club badge, is that it? Or is I believe so, because there was a couple of chants yeah. about El Escudo Nosotoca, again, the, the badge shouldn't, right. be, shouldn't be messed with. Um, there, was, there was a couple of moments where there would be sort of some chants from one part of the ground and whistles from, from elsewhere. But look, onto the football, the Atletico didn't play well at all in the first half, although Reynildo did. And you were mentioning fast, the fastest players in La Liga um, earlier on. And I was really struck how often Reynildo was the quickest of the ball. A couple of times he had straight races with Iñaki Williams, who, of course, normally is, is, is in the top three or four players in, in terms of speed in La Liga. At one point was the fastest, even if he's not anymore. And Reynildo was, was absolutely fantastic and an otherwise really quite poor performance, I thought. And there was a tetchiness about the place as well. And, and, and certainly when Carrasco had a couple of early chances and didn't take them, it wasn't just that people were groaning. It was people were kind of shouting, basically, you're rubbish at him. You know, and there's, there was a sort of a tension. But the second half performance after Atletico um, hadn't played well in the first half, and Atletico had, I think it's worth pointing out, I think you're right, to, to make that distinction they moved the ball well they created reasonably good chances they, they opened uh, Atletico up they're a team as uh, I think the stats say this that, that in terms of number of chances created should have far more goals than, than they do have they didn't get them at the weekend I wouldn't say there was ne- necessarily really really clear chances although there's a lovely pass from from Iñaki Williams I think it's Danny Garcia isn't it diving in at the far post who puts mm. it over that was prob- yes. prob- probably the best of them and in the second half Atletico improved enormously and you know, with the exception maybe of Renildo, Antoine Griezmann is so much better than everyone else in that Atletico team. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a properly brilliant footballer. Now, I know we know this, but I think at times we forget it. I think the goal that he scores is, is really exceptional and out of almost nothing. He has the freedom to sort of go all over the pitch. I actually prefer him when he's got a forward in front of him rather than playing as two kind of false forwards, which he did to, to start with because it was him and Correa up front. Um, I thought he, he looked more comfortable once Morata was on the pitch, once Depay was on the pitch. He scores a brilliant goal and he's just a really, really good footballer. Um, and, and they're going to need him. And Simeone said this after the game, didn't he? He said words to the effect of, I can't remember the exact quote, but words to the effect of when he's at his best we are a much better team. And I'm not sure mm. if that's because the rest of the team really is any better off. It's just because he elevates you know, the, the chances created, the number of goals scored, and just the whole thing on his own. Uh, Reynaldo is the fifth quickest player in the Oh, is he? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Where's yeah. Iñaki in that got, list? Uh, he's seventh. Oh, that's lower than I thought. Okay. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 
There are one, two, three, four, five players all tied on the same top speed, and Iñaki and Reynaldo are two of them. So, so I must admit, I'm quite dubious about these speed statistics. Well, take it up with the good people at Media Coach <laughs> Sydney. I'm just, uh, I'm just reading. What's I will. I'll, I'll have a word with Robert Moreno next time I see him. Oh yes, absolutely. Because yes. he effectively created this whole model. Yeah. He did, he did, he did. Um, so, uh, so there we go, Atletico Madrid uh, beating uh, Athletic Club. That goal from Antoine Griezmann, there was a, a nice headline in, I think it was Ass uh, today, talking about Griezmann, and the headline was El Principito de Pesadillas, the little prince of nightmares, and he's a nightmare like for Athletic it. Club because he scored 14 goals against them more than against any other team. Uh, so he particularly likes scoring against the side uh, from Bilbao. Uh, quickly want to talk about the game uh, in Vallecas between Rai Vallecano and... And Sevilla, Rayo uh, staying sixth and Sevilla are uh, 12th, five points above the relegation zone. First half Sevilla were better, second half Rayo were uh, really, really quite good and it looked like they were uh, going to get a, uh, gonna get a, an equaliser after uh, Suso had given Sevilla the lead in the first half. With a, By the way, it's an own goal, this goal. It's a massive, yes. massive deflection of Oscar Valentin. But somehow the goal has been given to Suso and he's celebrating it. And it's his first goal for two years uh, in La Liga. But it's clearly an own goal. But anyway, that's, uh, that's by the by. Then Florian Lejeune popped up in the second half to uh, equalise for Rayo Vallecano. Rayo, by the way, who have scored, I think it's 42% of their goals from set pieces more than anyone else in La Liga, these corner routines are working for Rayo. And Florian Lejeune has got four goals, which is really good for a centre-back. A few of them have been direct from free kicks because he can hit them as well. Uh, but yeah, Rayo playing well in the second half, Sevilla playing better uh, in the first half. I was struck, by the way, uh, in the centre of the Sevilla midfield, and he dropped off a little bit in the in the second half, but Papagüey Gueye looks like a really good signing. It looks like Monchi finally got it right in terms of bringing in a player that they need. Uh, he was brought in in the January transfer window from Marseille, and he was really, really good. Physical presence, literally just the player that they need, the player that um, Gudeli isn't playing there anymore, Fernando is getting old. They needed him, and his presence there uh, certainly helped them a lot. I don't know if you've had a chance to see much of yeah, him in the, in the few games I, he's I played. Think, I, I think they needed him desperately. Um, because, it, because it was a, it was a, it was a horribly flat-footed team, Sevilla. Mm. You know, horribly lacking in in athleticism, in speed, in pace, and and I think his his introduction is vitally, vitally important for 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 everyone around him. Um, and also, you know, you add add to that the fact that in the series now playing well, even seeing Suso back in the team at the weekend, the return of Ocampos, and all of a sudden this looks really, really different, doesn't it? I mean, you mentioned Ocampos again. He was just—he is someone that just plays a hundred miles an hour all the time until he drops. He literally just gives yeah. absolutely everything until he physically can't give uh, any more. And I think you said this maybe on last week's bonus podcast for patrons that he looks like a man who's been given a second chance, and that is exactly what he looks like. He was ostracised in Amsterdam after that chaotic transfer uh, at the end of August. He's back uh, and he's playing like a, a man revived. So there are signs, uh, positive signs for a severe, although they still only have two wins away from home all season. They need to improve that if they're to put more distance between themselves and the relegation zone. At Rio, stay sixth. Stay sixth. OK, I think, Sid... I think the push for a Champions League spot is over. I think that might might be too much for them now because they are they are seven points off of Atletico yeah. Madrid. 
but European football, it could be great. It could be great. It could be great. I mustn't mustn't get carried away, but there's there's every chance that Raya could be battling between now and the end of the season. And, and you know still, what? Because last it season... It is still possible. Of course it's still possible. And last season, they fell off a cliff horribly in the second half of the season. But this season, the squad's better. The squad is much better with a few little additions who have made really, really big differences. Florian Lejeune in the heart of defence. Uh, up front, you've got Sergio Cameo, who's leading the line really quite brilliantly. RDT will eventually be brilliant when he gets back to uh, full fitness. I don't think he's still there yet, but this is a better team than it was last year. So I don't think they're going to fall off a cliff and get uh, drawn into a relegation zone. And I do think they can potentially dream of... European football. Let's see. I'm getting carried away of myself. Not, not least, not not least, because last year happened, Phil, and this is part of it. There's a, there's a lesson from last year, and and, and Andoni Adala was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I can't remember which game it was now. Afterwards, and he, he was saying that last year, he said, I think if anything, we learn that this team plays better when it's under pressure. And I think what happened last year was there was almost too much humility. You know, all that talk about Europe and, and, and was, was countered by talk of saying, no, no, it's about survival, it's about getting the points, it's about staying in the division. And that once that happened, and in particular, I think, once they were knocked out of the Copa del Rey, there was kind of a sense of, well, that's our season done. And, and, and I think what, what Idala is trying to do now is increase the pressure on the players to demand of them that actually, you know what, not necessarily we must get into Europe, but, but this is genuinely possible if we keep going for it. And you look at the teams around them, and with the exception of Villarreal, who you, you, you've got to assume will improve, but maybe not, they look as good as those teams around them. I don't think it's impossible at all that they get that place now. You mentioned Villarreal, four consecutive defeats for them. They are so reliant on Gerard Moreno. I mean, when he's not in the team, they look... Uh, very, very uh, beatable. They look beatable and they were beaten uh, pretty comfortably by uh, Mallorca. I say pretty comfortably. I mean, they did equalise on a couple of occasions. They had a goal ruled out as well, but uh, I don't know. There seems to be uh, a bit too much reliance on, on, on Gerard Moreno, who is a bloody good player. I mean, if you're going to be reliant on one player, someone is in, yeah. incredibly talented as yeah. Gerard Moreno. It's perhaps understandable, but I don't know, Sydney. Another defeat for Villarreal. And four in a row is a big deal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, if they, if they lose at home to Katafe, then goodness me, they're, they, they, they really are in trouble. That's their next game. Speaking of Getafe, Monday night footballers at the Coliseum, Alfonso Pérez. You're going to miss it, Sid. No, I'm not. No, you're not. You're going to travel from the other have, side of the I country. I have timed my train. I have timed my train. I, I, I'm taking a slight risk in terms of the return to try and ensure that I get to Getafe on time. It will be, it will be, it was straight from Atocha to Getafe, Getafe Central and then Getafe Central to, to the Coliseum. You'll make it. Where there's a will, there's a way and you have plenty of will to watch <laughs> Getafe against Valencia on Monday night. It is a massive, massive game. It's huge, it is, by it the really way. Is, it is yeah. absolutely it huge. Really yeah. So it will be interesting yeah. to see how Ruben Baraja gets on the playing legend of Valencia who is now their new manager in an extremely unenviable position. Uh, they're in the relegation zone. They're playing awfully. The team are uh, lacking in morale. The fans are utterly, utterly despondent and desperate for the owner to leave. So it is a very difficult situation. Good luck, Ruben Baraja. This week, of course, we've got the two biggest clubs in Spain against the two biggest clubs in England. With apologies to the current leaders of the Premier League, the current champions of the Premier League and the most recent English winners of the Champions League. But Arsenal, Manchester City and Chelsea are not on the same level as El Liverpool and yeah. El Manchester. Because... They do often call it El Manchester here, meaning Manchester United. Sorry, City yeah. fans, but it's El Manchester or El United 
or El Unai. Anyway, here's, here's El Unai. Yeah, El Unai. You so often get Unai. Um, here's a question for you. I mean, I'm just going to reinforce what you're saying, basically. Liverpool against Manchester. Sorry, Liverpool, Manchester United, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. Within 30 miles of each other, <laughs> is that the greatest concentration of football ever? <laughs> in terms of these are probably the four biggest clubs in the world in terms of fan base, in terms of history, and so on, and they're 30 miles apart. Albeit, is admittedly, there's two days between. I was them. trying to think of. I mean, this has never happened before, right? I mean, these teams playing. As far as I know, it might have done, but I'm not aware in of it. In the same before, week, no. in the same week, in the same yeah. country, certainly not. Uh, but there we go. It's a, it's it's a big week for us to look forward to with uh, Liverpool hosting Real Madrid in the Champions League, Barcelona travelling uh, to Old Trafford as well in the Europa League, and Sevilla hoping to get the job done uh, in uh, midweek when they take on PS behind Hoven they're 3-0 up though uh, from the first leg Uh, if you'd like more Spanish football content may I point you to our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash TSFP we produce lots of content there uh, throughout the week you get a QA and a podcast on a Tuesday so if there's anything we didn't talk about and there's lots we haven't talked about that we could do and if there's something that you'd like us to talk about send us a question and we'll mention it on our Q&A podcast bonus podcast of course coming up later in the week as well you've got our special series TSFP presents where we delve into the history and culture of Spanish football so make sure you come and join us at patreon.com forward slash TSFP it's only a around four euros or four pounds or dollars a month so potentially pretty good value if Spanish football is your thing uh, if you don't want to pay for your content that's okay I won't judge you you know I listen to some <laughs> podcasts and I don't uh, subscribe to their Patreon it's okay it's absolutely fine and actually do you know what we'll just keep doing this podcast for free we are always going to do this Monday podcast for free it is something that we have promised to ourselves and to you and we're going to keep doing it. So if you don't want to join us on Patreon, no worries. We'll be here next week, as ever, with the free Monday pod. Until then, amigos, adios. Cheerio. Network.